Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you just for your grace, your kindness, your mercy. Thank you for Jesus and the role um, that God, that you play in our lives. Be thou glorified in this moment. Open up our hearts, open up our minds. Let us hear a word from you. Speak to us. Uh, speak through my brother and I for the goodness, the glory of your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. July 9th, 2020. Um, I hear these words from Oprah. She tells me, you've got the thing, my friend, you've got the thing. And coming from someone who had the thing and has the thing, you, my friend, you have the thing. Me? (laughs) Oprah, you think I got the thing? So I had just finished a conversation with Oprah Winfrey for Apple TV. It was the Oprah conversation meets uncomfortable conversations with a black man. I'm the black man. Surprise. And so Oprah and I have this dialogue on on television, and afterwards she calls me. I miss her call. I do not recommend missing Oprah's call if she calls y'all, just an FYI. So she calls me again. I pick up, and that is when she says, you have the thing, my friend. You have the thing. And coming from someone who had the thing and has the thing, you, my friend, you have the thing. So I pause. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. What is... The thing. I got to find out. You can't tell me I got the thing and I don't know what the thing is. Somebody got to tell me what the thing is, please. And so she says, you have the ability to speak difficult truths and people still want to hear what you have to say. I'm here today to tell you all that you all have the thing. Now, the thing is a gift, a spiritual gift, because we all have the thing. Our things are just different, but we all have them. And the kicker is, and by the time I'm done here, you'll remember you have to find it, you have to develop it, and you have to use it. It being the thing, it being your gift. First Peter 4, 10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Now, there are a variety of gifts. If you hop to 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, a variety of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one of the same spirit who apportions to each individually as he wills. So don't take it from me. I just met y'all. Take it from the text. The text tells y'all that you all have the thing. Now the kicker is if you do in fact have a gift, a unique supernatural gift, you got to find it. But I don't know about y'all. Oftentimes, I'll lose like my cell phone or somewhere misplaced it around the house. And in order for me to find that in which I lost, I got to start asking people. I got to start asking people like, hey, uh, have you, anybody see my cell phone? Anybody see my car keys? You might ask your friends. Y'all might ask your kids because other people help you find it. 
See, when you have a spiritual gift, if you want to find it, you might need some help at times. Who helped me? When I talked to the likes of Oprah, she said, you have a unique ability to listen. Now, I don't always get those same kind of uh, affirmations, if you will, because my brother, I don't know if you would agree that I have the ability to listen. Strongly disagree. (laughs) Oprah told me, Emmanuel, you're just so great with your ability to empathize. I don't know if my brother would agree with my ability to empathize. Vehemently disagree. (laughs) But along my journey of finding the thing, people had to help me find it. Because I had it, but I had to find it. But where we're going to spend the majority of our time is in the story of 1 Samuel 17. Now, I know Pastor Dave talked to you all about David and Goliath just a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to tell you all and highlight the aspects that you all may have never thought about. Now, here's where I'll start. 1 Samuel 17, 17. And I'm starting here because it just really speaks to this moment. Now, y'all know the story of David, the youngest of the brothers. David, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 17. And Jesse said to David, his son, take for your brother an ephah of this parched grain and take these 10 loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers and take these 10 cheeses to the commander of their thousands. See if your brothers are well and bring some token for them. Here's my issue. How come the younger brother always got to help out the older brothers? It's the facts of life. It's in the word, man. It's in the word. That's that's really what I'm trying to figure out. So David is over here, you know, acting as Uber Eats for his older brothers. And as he's over there delivering the food, you all know the story. He hears this big 9-9 giant Goliath talking so crazy. But I want to spend the majority of the time in 1 Samuel 17, verse 33 through 36. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war since his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and when when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Okay, so David had the thing. He had a a, a supernatural ability in this instance with a slingshot. But here is the beauty of the text that we so often skip over. See, David had found it, but then he had to develop it. Everyone sitting in this audience, you all have a gift. It might be the gift of love, the gift of patience, the gift of teaching, the gift of listening, the gift of empathy, the gift of joy, the gift of kindness. Whatever the case may be, you all have it. But the kicker is, are you developing it? Because David developed it in silence. See, when, 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 when a lion or a bear kidnapped a sheep, David rescued it the sheep from the mouth of a lion. So David's thinking to himself, I slayed lions. What's this little old giant? Uncomfortable conversations with the black man. Um, that was the video series I started. I sit down in the midst of the chaos in our, in our country, and I just try to answer so many questions for my white brothers and sisters. It ends up getting 25 million views in over five days. Now, 
I had been working on that skill set because I had been doing videos for a long time about random things. And I had been developing getting quiet because I didn't realize, but there would come a time where I would have to slay my Goliath. Like there came a time when David had to slay his Goliath because he was developing the thing. You'll have to find it because everyone in here has it. But it's not enough to find it. After finding it, you have to develop it. And the beauty is you're developing it in quiet. You may not be recognized at all for how you love graciously at work. You may not be recognized at all for how you serve in your household. You may not be recognized at all for how you listen within your community. You may not be recognized at all for your kindness in a grocery store but you're developing your thing, your gift in preparation to slay your giant. Can I interject with the story? Should I interject with it? Go ahead. Let me interject with the story. Um, After the first episode of Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, I told you all, I had 25 million views in uh, five days. I get a call from a no-caller ID number. I pick it up. This is the first call from a no-caller ID number. I highly recommend picking up no-caller ID number calls, unless it's the IRS. Don't pick up no-caller ID number calls. So I pick it up, and I hear this voice. Acho, McConaughey speaking. I want to have a conversation. McConaughey? Like, like Matthew McConaughey? Academy Award-winning actor, for y'all that don't know. Um, he's like, yeah, man, I saw your episode. I want to have a conversation. I said, oh, okay, we can, um, we can do it in four days. He says, I want to do it tomorrow. Okay, McConaughey wants to do it tomorrow. We do it tomorrow. I record episode two, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, the next day. Literally. Seven days later, that's when I get another call. No caller ID number. Hi, Emmanuel. This is Oprah Winfrey speaking. Oprah? Like, Oprah, Oprah? I only know of one Oprah. I don't know of several Oprahs, so is this like the Oprah? Um, And she's like, yes, do you have time to talk today? I say, do I have time? Do you have time? Um, clear the schedule, we hop on FaceTime because the gift that I had developed in private had now been recognized in public. Develop your gifts, your its in private because you don't know when it's time to slay your Goliath. Now, you all know how the story ends, but let me remind y'all, 1 Samuel 17, verse 48 now, after a, a bunch of trash talk between the, the, the Philistine, Goliath, and, and David, I'm going to do something I didn't do in the first service. You know, second service, everybody's a little bit more awake. First service, you, you know, you kind of, you're a little slumbery. I'm still young, so I'm not used to waking up that early. You know what I mean? Now, no shade to the first service if y'all are re-watching. I loved you all as well. Um, <laughs> but second service, we really awake now. <clears throat> What's so interesting is there's a little bit of trash talk back and forth between the Philistine and between David. And I I caught this just a few hours ago. I caught it a few hours ago and I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share it. The Philistine says to David in 1 Samuel 17, 44, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Now, David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. See, this day the Lord will deliver me into your hand. It's interesting. Goliath says, you come to me and I am going to slay you. David says, you come to me and the Lord is going to slay you. Because even when you have your gift, it's God who's going to use your gift through you for his victory. That's what... 
I should apologize to first service. I should. I'm sorry, first service. I'm sorry. Um, But that's what was so interesting. Goliath was like, I'm going to use my gifts. David says, I'm going to let the Lord use my gifts to slay you. Okay, now back to the point. 1 Samuel 17, verse 48. When the Philistine arose and came near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hands in his bag and took out the stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. David found it. He found his thing. He developed it. He developed it in the quiet. He developed it when there was no time to get glory, no time to get praise. He developed his thing in silence. And then finally, when he met his Goliath, he used it. He used it. So the the, the kicker is not just in finding it, because at this point in time, you all know, not based on my words, but based upon the text, you all have the thing, you all have a gift, but now you have to use, you have to use your gifts. You have to use your gifts for the goodness of those around, because after David slayed the giant, a nation was set free. David didn't slay a giant just so he could be set free. He slayed the giant so that a nation could be set free in the same manner after you all used your gifts Your world, it could be your familial world, your occupational world, or your literal world will be set free. But you have, you have to use it. So I will end by simply saying this. You have the things, my friend, you have the thing. And coming from someone who has the thing, you, my friends, you all each have the thing. Thank you. But what happens if you don't believe that you have the thing? Because it sounds good, right? Well, you have the thing. You, you got an Emmy, and you know Oprah, and you're on TV. And Sam, you may have the thing. You played in the NFL, and you played with the Bears, and you got an NBA. But I don't really believe that I have anything. What do you do then? Find it. Develop it. Use it. First, you got to believe it. You got to believe it. And the only way that you can believe it, you can't believe it in a vacuum. You have to believe it with those around you. You see, before Emmanuel won all his Emmy Awards, and before he played his little NFL for some years and was on TV, your boy saw something in, in his brother. Saw something. Um... And what I saw, and I think what all of us saw, at least in our families, that we had, he had this ability just to, just to believe and to create and just to do. And he wasn't fearful of anything, right? Like some people are scared of what people think about them, right? That's like your fear, or your crush. He didn't care about that. Some people are afraid of, uh, of failing. He didn't care about that. He always wanted to dream and to succeed. And by the grace of God, I got a chance to, to see that in him. We, our family, his friends, got a chance to see that in him. Talked about losing a cell phone. You need someone to say, hey, I found it. I found it. What's that thing that you keep on hearing? People say, man, you're really great at this. Or, man, I really appreciate the way that you think about this. Or even how you serve with these people. Like, that really, really helps. 
You know, not too long ago, I wrote a book called Let the World See You, How to Be Real in a World Full of Fakes. And I was thinking, and it's a book about what it means to be seen, to be known, to be loved by Jesus. And as I was thinking about this book and the process, I shared it with Emmanuel. And he said, man, it's a great idea. You should work on it. So I said, okay, great. So I started working on this book. I finished the book. Before I sent it to anyone else, I sent it to Emmanuel. It's my brother. And he reads through this book. And this book, it wasn't talking about all my highs and the great things. And the two-time Walter Payton Man of the Year and 10-year NFL. It was about the lows, the downs, the faults, failures. It's a book about what it means to be seen, to be known, to be loved, to be human, to fail, put my heart on a page, shared it with Emmanuel. He reads the book. He says, Sam, this is a great book. I love it, man. I feel so inspired. I feel like a different man. I'm going to start this Uncomfortable Conversation series and win some Emmy. That's, pretty, that's not exactly how it happened, but it kind of happened that way. I sent him the book, and he got an Emmy, so he owes me at least one of those two Emmys. <laughs> I had to get it off my chest. I had to get it off my chest. But it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. See, in the same way that, that I saw something in him, and I was there for him, he saw something in me. See, I played for the Chicago Bears for four years, bear down, shout out to the Bears. Justin Fields is starting today. We're not gonna go there yet, wait till after the game. Uh, and I, so I lived in Chicago, I actually go to Willow, I go to the South Lake campus, shout out to all my South Lakers over there, I love y'all. Um, and things are going great. I was going on my eighth year in the NFL, just signed a multi-year contract, and I'd finally done it. Like in so many ways, I was the guy. I had the thing, I found it, I developed it, I did it, and it was me, and it was great. Then I got injured, I lost it, and I got cut, got released. This dream that I'd been working on for years of building, this thing that I had been trying to achieve was all of a sudden taken away. And it wasn't easy. <laughs> By the grace of God, someone happened to be in town. My younger brother, Emmanuel. My younger brother, Emmanuel. See, what y'all don't know about Emmanuel, yes, he's younger and he thinks he's better looking. We're not going to vote on it yet. Maybe later. <laughs> I'm, I'm married. I got three kids, so I'm good. He's still got, you know. So anyway, um, <laughs> he happened to be in town. And I'm dejected, I'm sad, I'm frustrated, I'm confused. I've never been released before. I'd always been like the guy and the star and I'd had all the things and it was gone. And he sits with me. He sits with me and do you, remember, do you remember what you told me? He sits with me and he says, Sam, you are the smartest person I know. You don't need football. You don't need any of this. Your life will be so much better when your future comes. All this stuff was a setup for the come up. In the midst of my pain, in the midst of my doubt, in the midst of my fear and vulnerability and frustration, he lifted me up. He reminded me of who I was. And so for those of us who talk about maybe, okay, find it, develop it and use it, you have to believe it, but you cannot do it alone. You need someone with you. Now, some of you may say, well, well, I don't have a brother, or I don't have a sister or a sibling, or my parents are, are gone, I don't have kids. Help me, 
By the grace of God, the Bible says there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. See, if you don't have siblings sometimes, God will give you friends. God will give you friends. For me, I had three. My homie Boomer, I met him at church actually. He's a guy who coaches basketball in college and uh, he saw me some of my times and my doubts and my fear about the sport that I played and the things that I did and how I was loving and he built me up. He didn't let me stay down. My buddy Lucas, who every time I'm trying to think through how do I go from one place to another, he sees the best in me. He calls it out. My buddy Steve, who prays for me when I don't have words to pray for myself. We need people. We need people in our lives. Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God says, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. It goes on to say, in male and female, he created them. Genesis 2, 17 and 18, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good. God created us for community. So sometimes we think, okay, well, it all sounds great and easy, but I don't believe it. Get people around you who believe with you. And number one, if they don't believe with you, get someone who can believe for you. Get someone who can believe for you. You know, it's interesting, the verses that Emmanuel was talking about, he talked about 1 Peter 4, 10, as each of us has received a special gift, employ it. Employ it, employ it, employ it. Use it, use it. That's what he said. But what he, what he didn't emphasize was the second part of that verse. It says, employ it for one another. Your gift is not for you. Your gift is not for you. It's for those around you. Your pain, your pain, it's not just for you. You can't hide it. You can't bottle it up. Your doubts, your frustrations, if we can get real for a second, like what we've been through as a church. As a church, I've been going here since I signed with the Bears. Seven years. It's not just for you. God wants to use you. We're talking about against all odds. We've got to be against something, right? Things can't be always be going in the right way if you want to talk about against all odds. You've got to overcome something. Things have to go bad for God to say, hey, I will overcome that. I will get the glory. We shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. See, a lot of us want a testimony, but we want to avoid the test. I'm just being real. Like, we want the testimony, we want the glory, we want all the great, but we want to avoid the test. We want to be against all odds. We want everything to go in our favor. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't calculate. It doesn't compute. That's not the way it works. When I am weak, he is strong. See, some of us don't want to be weak. A lot of us don't want to be weak. Think about some of my lowest moments. So my hardest moments, that time tearing my pectoral muscle, being released from the team, getting cut, getting benched, this thing that I built, all of a sudden it's gone. It's a low moment. But by God's grace, I had people with me. Yes, I had a brother. 
but I also had friends. I call, I call them uh, my, my board of directors, about five of them, those three that you heard, then my, my, my wife who's here in the audience and my dad. Every single thing, the good, the bad, the ugly, I shared with them. Why? Why would you share your fears, your frustrations, your pains, the worst things about you with other people? Because your pain is not just for you. Your story may help you, but it's also meant for others. A great friend of mine, his name is Jerry Price. He was my next door neighbor. When I lived in Arizona, I played with the Cardinals. And um, 75-year-old dude, like married for 50 years, had kids, grandkids, had this thriving business, lived this great life, and, and, uh, and gregarious, full of life, all the things. And all of a sudden, um, Jerry got cancer. He had cancer, and we were praying for him. We were supporting him. We were doing all the things to try and help, and it wasn't getting better. Posted a, a message on Facebook asking for permission to go. He was a follower of Jesus. He's ready to go home. And this man, this friend, this mentor of mine, I would go to his house all the time. I would sit with him and I would listen. I would learn, learn about what it means to be a good husband, to be a good dad, to be a good businessman. I would sit and listen. So he's on, I call him up. I'm like, what do you mean? Permission to go. He said, Sam, I'm ready to go see Jesus, man. I'm ready to go home. And so I say, Jerry, well, before you go, I need you to give me what you got. Like any kind of wisdom, any kind of advice, anything. I would sit in your house. I would literally go to your house every single day and just hang. Give me what you got. I need it. He said, Sam, I've got two things for you. Two things I want to leave you with. He said, number one, the most important thing you can do on this earth is to get to know Jesus. Take out the business, the success, the get to know Jesus. God takes no greater joy than you getting to know Jesus. And oh, by the way, it's a two-way street. He wants to get to know you too. Get to know Jesus. I think about that point. We talked about Genesis 1 earlier. I remember what happened early in Genesis. Adam hid. Adam hid, and God was walking through the garden saying, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Get to know Jesus. It's the most important thing. And then he paused. He paused. I'm sitting and I'm waiting. I'm thinking, okay, if that's number one, like number two, what could number two be? He said, get to know Jesus. He said, Sam, the second thing I want you to know. I want you to know this, Sam, you are worth getting to know. Never forget that. You are worth getting to know. To know your fears, your doubts, your frustrations, your pain. You are worth it. You are worth it. Don't hide. Don't pretend. Don't feel ashamed. Be bold. Be bold. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power, love, sound mind. Be bold. Get to know Jesus. That's part of it. 
Find it. Yes, develop it. Use it. Yes, but get to know Jesus. Don't miss that. You come here. I was talking to my brother. Man, we could come. We could go affect all these people. But I feel like the Lord was like, what does it matter if you don't know me? If you don't spend time with me? Business is great. Emmys, TV, ESPN. But what if you don't know me? Get to know Jesus. But, yep. But the part that really hit home was the part that I didn't believe about myself. See, for a time, I didn't believe that I was worth getting to know. Sometimes it's because of fear. Sometimes it's what we've been through. Sometimes it's our spouses, our kids, our parents. We don't believe that we're worth it. We don't believe we have the thing, let alone anything. But God says, I want to know you. Where are you? Don't hide. Don't pretend. You are worth getting to know. Before I close, I want to remind you of a church, as a church, you know Jesus. It's apparent. We know Jesus. But it's time for us to show the world who we are. You can't just be in these four walls. Yes, come in. Be filled. Be fed. I get it. It's important. But go out. Go out, go out, go out. The church has changed. He's at Fox in LA every day, ministering to people through his work. I'm in, I'm in New York, in Bristol, doing ESPN stuff, being the church in my job, at your school, at your home. You are the church. It's changed. No longer is it thinking this four walls. You are the church. We are the church. But you can't be a light if you're hidden. It's time to come out. It's time to show up. It's time to step up and time to let the world see us. Our love, our hope, our joy, our passion, the way we care for people, the way we serve. Let the world see you. Why? 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 For one reason and one reason alone. You are worth getting to know. So God, as we close... So I want to say thank you. Thank you for the fact that I get a chance to serve with my church. Thank you for the fact that we, I get a chance to serve with my brother. My family is here, God. My physical family, God. My spiritual family, God. God, thank you for taking me from a place where I didn't think I was worth getting to know because of what had happened in the past. So now I believe I am worth getting to know. God, thank you for taking our church from a place that thinking we have to hide or pretend or do all these things. And, and God, you say no, like, like, like be open, share, love, live, serve. So it doesn't happen again. Show the world who you are. God, thank you for that boldness, God. Thank you for that fearlessness, Lord. And thank you for friends who can help us find our phones and at the same time help us find our identity 
God, I pray that we as a church, everyone under the sound of my voice, would stop hiding, stop pretending. We would show up, stand up, and stand out. Because yes, Lord, we know you, but we are also worth getting to know. Amen.